Live, more or less from Las Vegas, this is Good Sports. Hey, Mark. Hey. Good morning, and what's happening on your on your side of the world? <laughs> oh, God, what a week, what a week, what a week. Hey, it's... We have, a, you know. we have a triple crown winner in American Pharaoh. Yes, we, we do. We have in the Stanley Cup coming down. This is going to be the last week of hockey and basketball for a couple months anyway. Other than... And, and just a news flash. This just came on maybe half an hour ago or so. They're planning a new soccer stadium for downtown Las Vegas. Of hmm, course Where have are. I heard this before? Yeah. This one's, this one's supposed to contain... Uh, convention area, a covered soccer stadium, and uh, a racetrack. And I thought they meant, like, let's have a track meet, quarter-mile track. No. No? They mean a stock car track. Like, it looks like it was – the drawing looks like it would very much be like Indianapolis with four 90-degree corners at it. And I'm I'm going to say this. I want to be the first to say this, and hopefully I am. There ain't no way in hell <laughs> the soccer stadium might fly. <laughs> That's that track useless as tits on a boar hog, as the old <laughs> saying goes. Because there ain't no way they can ever have any kind of races head to head with Las Vegas Motor Speedway. You know, Bruton Smith is not a passive man. This is the guy that bought North Wilkesboro because they wouldn't give him a date. Uh, and he said, screw it. I'll buy a racetrack and close it so I can have the date for, for uh, Kentucky. I believe it's what he bought. It. Uh, yes, I, I don't think yeah. this is one of those. Okay, And, oh, look, there's the Toothberry with Peter Pan. And, <laughs> and is that the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus lagging behind a little bit? It was a well, nice break. Well, It was a good giggle. Well, but now, now one of the boosters for the UNLV – is right. uh, is uh, uh, piecing together some land next to UNLV, okay? For they're saying this project would be two hundred acres. What what the one downtown? Okay, but it was funny because they're like, okay, we, okay, we we've got the land. We just need now the money to develop it. And I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, and I'm thinking, um. You guys have totally forgot about Sam Boyd, haven't you? <laughs> That's like, well, I have a penis. All I need is a hooker. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's an important part that you're missing. You, you, know. you have this vacant stadium sitting way out in the middle of Henderson here that would be excellent to develop. That's probably worth more than that'll pay for the stadium. The, the Silver Bowl, Sam yes. Boyd Stadium, whatever the hell it's called now. Yeah. Is sell that turf. First, it was built in a swamp. It's built on the on the on the outer edge of Lake Mead, and that land is not the most conducive land to building anything on. But that hasn't stopped them before. No. But as a stadium, it's it's a waste of space. As a housing tract or whatever, obviously it would be more valuable. I don't think they've made a dime at the Silver Bowl in any given year for a long, long time. I and uh, I mean that's unfortunate, but that's I think that's the truth of the matter. Um, you, they occasionally have a concert out there. I think um, was the Electric Daisy Carnival out there? No track. A couple of years. I, I don't know. Wherever it's been, 
Hey, but whatever big concert or thing they started with started out there, and people are like, "Why are we traveling all the way the hell out here when we could travel all the way hell out there to the speedway and have amenities, have have stuff?" Yeah. So, um, I don't think uh, I don't think the Silver Bowl is long for the world as a stadium. It's not even a good high school stadium. You know, they tried so many different things. There, Mickey Thompson off-road races were there. They've had concerts. They <laughs> rumor it all out there, but <laughs> not very many witnesses to that. <laughs> you know, I think there were more people walk across the water than actually go to see run the Rebels uh, football. Right. This year, Tony Sanchez comes in regime. Same story. You know, uh, you could put Jeff Gordon in a, in a 74 VW Beetle. He ain't going to win the Indy 500 or the Daytona 500 or any race in that. I don't care if it's a Herbie. He's not going to do it. You put Tony Sanchez and, and, and the coaching staff and the new regime and the new kids out there. They're not going to do much better. Fans aren't going to go. They'll no. have to win right off. You know, they'll have to be 7-0 and to, to, to get a crowd that even approaches filling that stadium up. So, uh, yeah, we need. We need one in town. They need one across the street from UNLV. You're right. But this project that they're announcing, Mark, uh, you know, I will sooner be the president and the vice president and the first lady that controls the race, that has a racetrack. And they want no, they want no, they say there's no public money. It's a, a soccer star. And I forget the young man's name who uh, is, is spearheading this effort. But it ain't going right now. It's It's got no chance. Zero. It's dead on arrival. So, okay. other than that, back to real sports. I mean, sports. <laughs> if ever there was a fantasy sport, that's it. <laughs> Soccer stadiums in Las Vegas, because it's right. not. It's not going to have the. You know, MGM's got, got their own stadium now. Yep. Uh, well, I guess arena. that's the that's the way. Certainly, Caesar's Palace uh, and those people tend to go tit for tat with uh, with whatever. Um, the Mirage does, or, or MGM Mirage. If you look at the at the Ferris wheel, the whatever the hell the thing's called, <laughs> um, the observation wheel. You know, they well, we did one. Well, we're going to do one better. Well, that's where they, they they it stopped. I think they had the two concrete towers, and MGM said, "Nah, they got us first, and we're not going to have two, and it's stupid." <clears throat> so, to, for everybody have an arena here in town. You know, okay, but then then they're all going to starve. So I don't know if it's greed or stupidity or or ego or what, but uh, uh, you know. Okay, well, <sighs> we'll we'll find out. But it's something to talk about on a slow sports day. Well, Rick, I hate to say it, but other than but, that, but we need about two more arenas in this town. We really do. Right. Okay. But they have to be viable. They have to be working arenas. You know, the Thomas and Mac works. If it was out there where the Silver Bowl is, it'd be empty too. It doesn't matter. You got to, you know, bring the mountain to Muhammad because Muhammad ain't, ain't traveling out to that mountain. And if they build it somewhere, if it's about running Rebels uh, football, then it has to be close to UNLV. Right. Across the street, good. Across the street from the Thomas and Mac makes sense. The farther away they get, you can say percentage-wise, this is a, this is going to affect attendance at the games. Right, a mile away, maybe it's ten percent. Two miles away, you know, until you get ten miles away. Yep, <laughs> we're we're back to you know twenty five hundred people uh, paying to come see the game, and paying would be the operative word there. <laughs> uh, you know, if you have a pool, you can get a ticket. 
you you really don't you know you can go to they they have corporate sponsors it's not like people of las vegas haven't tried sponsors who part of their deal is you get x amount of tickets they don't give them those tickets for any reason other than for god's sake people that'll actually come to the games well well, they give them to people, but they don't actually go to the games. So you can walk up to you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna advertise for them, but you can you can walk up to one of the dealers, car dealers. It's one of their sponsors or one of the one of the the, the big bucks uh, retail stores, and if you ask enough people there, somebody will turn you on to somebody who'll give you a ticket or ten. And yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to sit in a box in a corporate box out there. There's plenty of them. <laughs> you look up if you've ever if you've ever been to any of the events there. You look up. There's a couple people there. <laughs> there's a couple people there. They're lonely. They'd let you in and let yeah. you enjoy some of that catered food that they write off just because they're up there alone. So we got um, food. No, we this, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You hungry? <laughs> hey, hey, get out of that dumpster. Come watch. And I'll uh, throw in a couple beers. You yeah. know, that, that's pretty much it. So uh, no, right. I don't think that's gonna fly. Have you been watching the NBA Finals? No, I've got some other stuff going on here. So, uh, but you said last oh, week, I, evidently, a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, you said the Golden State Warriors will take it. Yeah, uh, this is this is the Alamo. LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Golden State Warriors are are Santa Ana, and they're the guys outside, you know, and they're coming, and there ain't no. LeBron James, it's LeBron James and the seven dwarfs. They have eight <laughs> warm bodies. Uh, Matthew Delavidova comes out of Australia, goes to St. Mary's, is retired there. He's their leading scorer. Comes out of nowhere because Kyrie Irving goes down. The big three that, that was with LeBron James or LeBron James was part of at Miami was Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, and LeBron James, and a bunch of people you've never heard of, who he brought half of them with him to Cleveland. They're the role players, Sean Marion, Mike Miller, uh, Jones, the the, the sharpshooter, um, and and they just don't have the other two guys standing. Uh, real cheap uh, play cost Kevin uh, a love, he dislocated his shoulder, and that put him out. So then it was Kyrie and LeBron, Kyrie a lot of basketball, basketball USA last season, basketball USA, you know, this season. He hurt his knee. He's been going on a, a wheel and a half and uh, finally went ahead and broke here from that. That's not something that's that's long-term debilitating. Just zed him out. So now it's LeBron, who it's LeBron against five guys. And if Steph Curry and, and um, uh, Thompson – uh, Clay Thompson are on. It's difficult, but one of the stu- I don't know if you watched the game last night. Uh, Andrew Bogut was in for one of his three very, very nondescript minutes in this game. The guy who had been a starter in the two games that they lost, and um, he fouled LeBron. Yeah, yeah, I guess I would have done the same thing. But as LeBron was was trying to get his balance leaning forward he took a tumble and bumped his the top of his head on a tv camera that was you know that's us cameramen right. have to sit somewhere and run bumped his head and got two pretty decent gashes in the top of his head and it caused a delay whatever this moron andrew bogut who was the number one pick in the nba four or five years ago 
who played three minutes <laughs> said, oh, LeBron jumped into the camera. I certainly yeah. didn't hit him that hard. Well, you know what? For for the number one pick to be playing three minutes and even open his mouth, all he had to really say was, I'm sorry LeBron got hurt. I didn't do it intentionally, and I hope he's well, and, and we wish them well, and good luck, and we'll see him in game five. Open his mouth and add fuel to the fire. You know, you you keep you keep gouging at that dog, and you're going to get bit. So it's tied to two. And if LeBron is motivated, there ain't nobody on Golden State that can stop him. On the other hand, it obviously there's several guys on Cleveland who have stepped up and been able to disrupt uh, Golden State's vaunted offense, including Matthew Dellavedova, who is just one pain in the ass. When you've got the ball, you know this. This is a little guy who'll dive. He'll 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 do everything that's that's necessary. Take the bumps and take the hits and get in there with the big guys and and fight it out. You know, like the Aussies are known for, and and that's exactly what he's doing. So uh, I may have to say I, I will say uh, I thought the I thought the Cavaliers were a done deal. LeBron James is proving that uh, you know very much in the neighborhood of Michael Jordan. He is very much in the neighborhood of uh, Dr. J. And I think he has surpassed Kobe Bryant as far as what he can do on the floor because, man, when he takes a notion. But, you know, they put three around out there, and he's like, I can get past to Mark Anthony. I can pass to Rick Rosen. I can pass to Joe Blow. Oh, I, there's nobody. There's nobody really out there. NBA finalist starter. That's alongside LeBron James. I mean, you've got J.R. Smith, who could be the stupidest basketball player on the face of the earth that's making millions and millions of dollars. He, he, he's a walking tattoo, and he, he has the brain function of, of snail crap. He's just terrible as a, as a basketball player. He takes stupid fouls. He's known for making three-pointers. But, you know, if I make 10 three-pointers, and shoot a couple of free throws, that's 32 points. Great. That looks good until you realize I gave up 60 when I was out there because I don't play defense. And so everybody abuses me. It's it's basically Golden State five on four anytime that J.R. Smith is on the floor. He doesn't play defense other than reaching out and grabbing somebody. It's like a, the old AT&T commercial, reach out and touch somebody. That's <laughs> that's what he does. And um uh, Iman, Iman Shumpert, the uh, illegitimate child of kid and play, um, is not a whole lot better. He plays a little harder, but not certainly not a viable. I mean, these are two guys who played on the crappiest New York Knicks team of all time, and they had Carmelo Anthony next to him. And if they were worth a damn, they'd still be in New York, but they led them, <laughs> led them to a disastrous record. And they're not doing a whole lot better with Cleveland. I mean, uh, the, Cleveland has won two games in spite of most everybody else out there. But Della Vadova, uh, Timothy Mozgov, uh, the, the big boy that played for Dave Blatt, the coach of, uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, when he was on the Russian national team, he got came over in a trade from Denver. And, uh, I mean, he's a big body, and, he, and he's, he's viable out there, but certainly not a star in the NBA. But uh, that's all LeBron's got. So I think I think Golden State probably will have to screw up not to win two of the next three. But that's not out of the that's not out of the deal. And and if LeBron yeah, takes a notion, Mark, I think he's got he has shown that uh, that he can absolutely carry 
a team to, and you look, they're up by 20. And next thing you look, oh, shit, it's, they're up by four. And here comes Golden State. Yeah. And then it, it's that scramble, and, and, and it, it's been more. And you realize that the first two games went to overtime. And the Cavaliers had a chance to win game one when it was tied 98-98. And LeBron James had the ball, and they just they said, screw it. We don't have to cover anybody LeBron James. There's nobody for him to pass to. There's nobody that's going to take this over. It's four guys watching LeBron and saying, win it for us. So the, the Cavaliers are one little drive from LeBron James that went awry for them to be up three to one instead of, instead of tied two two. So, uh, it is not out of the question, but I think it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a long shot, um, that, that, that this guy's going to be able to do it. But man, if anybody can, I believe it's LeBron James, you know, uh, it's right. on the other hand, um, golden state has kind of, uh, you know, they were kind of the golden boys and the, I, I I don't know. You know, I'm an Oakland Raiders fan, but they are the Oakland Raiders. I don't know about Golden State. You know, you got uh, you had the Florida Marlins, and now they're the Miami. Because I think maybe it makes people feel. Or are you ashamed of us? Are you ashamed to let people know we play in Oakland? You just have to fool yeah. everybody and call those Golden, Golden State. State. You know. Yeah, it's like the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, why can't you be the Phoenix Diamondbacks? That's where you play. Or Mesa, or whatever the hell yeah. you want to call them, but I think when they take that 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 name of a state, I think it it, it leads to problems with their fan base and those kind of things. So anyway, um, you know Riley uh, Riley Curry, the sweet cute little girl who goes to the press conferences, post game press conferences with her dad, and is not endearing the Warriors to the press. Simply because yeah. you brought your kid to work, okay, sit her there and shut up. Put a, give her a pacifier or a box of crayons or something. This is a press conference. You brought her to where I'm working now. You did your work and had to make it sound reasonable and not, gosh, Stephen Curry has a really cute little girl. Yep, sure does. What the hell's that got to do with basketball? So, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of an odd series, but I don't think it's a incredibly compelling up to this point. They played pretty crappy basketball it's that surge you know we're gonna screw up we can't hit a shot and you guys get out by 20 and then we'll come roaring back when you can't hit a shot it's not that it, it, it's just not that classic uh great basketball it's not lakers celtics let's put it that way you know okay that was always good basketball this, this is right. not that so um stanley hockey, Cup, hockey. kind of a, Kind of again, yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, the better of the two teams, not necessarily a lot better than the Chicago Blackhawks, but I believe they are the better functioning team. The Blackhawks seem to play with a little more grit, a little more toughness. And uh, uh, Tampa Bay, you know, they're supposed to be a high-scoring series. Tampa Bay won 2-1. to one. Uh, they've, they've, I don't think they've, there's been an over, maybe one over in this in, and now Tampa Bay, they, they have a 6-7 goalie who there's not a lot of room in that net after you get around somebody 6-7. I mean, all the padding. They they were showing some of the some of the highlights of, uh, and God, it had to be like the Rangers. Uh, there was a thing on, on Derek Sanderson, which I was watching, and it was Boston and New York. And the goalie had the mask on like Jason from uh, Elm Street. And, right. uh, and uh, that was it. Nobody, there was one guy in a helmet out there, and the goalie had a couple pads on his legs that were about yay far apart uh, from, from edge to edge. 
And other than that, he looked like every other hockey player, and he had the glove. Now these guys, they they look like the the kid from South Park who's who's out in this Stewie, who who just stands there. He's all covered in stuff. He's he can't even move his arms. And now Bishop seems uh, to have some lower body injury. He left he left twice in, in, in a game. And they put the they put the uh, alternate goalie in, who they eventually won that game. I believe it was two to one, Mark. And uh, uh, you know, Bishop's their starter, and you don't want to go in with the second string guy because if he screws up, then you're out of luck. So uh, I think they'd like to go with Bishop, but he may not play. And uh, of course, game five is that is that next to best game to win. Um, game five, whoever's down three to two. Uh, Game six, but then game seven goes back. Home team has that big advantage in a game seven. So, uh, anyway, the Blackhawks have uh, have have showed a lot of guts, and their their goalie Crawford boy, he, he makes some real tough stops. And then every once in a while, he'll just give up a goal like I could have stopped. Like really, dude, you didn't see that? No. <laughs> anyway, right. so it's kind of an odd finals for both sports. Um, unfortunately, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, and, uh, the NHL, uh, awards ceremony, unfortunately this year is going to move from the win. Uh, it started at the palms and it was awesome. It went to the win and it was okay. And now it's going to go to the MGM and it's going to be crap. So they're going to have their awards thing and make the big deal out of it. These are the people that brought you the paid, uh, way in for Pacquiao, uh, uh, Mayweather. So, right. uh, I'm not a big fan of that, uh, that nonsense from their, their little gnome, but, uh, we get what we get. So tell us how you anyway. really feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get, get ready to get burned. Um, <laughs> let me NFL. see. A, a little report came out. Well, a little report came out that, that Floyd Mayweather is once again, the highest paid athlete, 300 million dollars last year this is to all them idiots who say look how much money he's passing up not fighting this guy or that guy he got 300 million (laughs) dollars if i had 300 million dollars overall it's not like he started at zeus mark so yes Had a good amount of money in the first place and now he got an extra 300 million for two fights in the last year, he's now going to approach Rocky Marciano's record. I don't think that total is going to go down appreciably because <laughs> to see that it's going to be a contrived fight, but it's going to be, uh, you know, one of the biggest fights ever, you, you know, it's something very historical. So uh, Floyd's got all that money, man. And uh, I think when he gets the record, we, he has done. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple things going on. Deontay Wilder uh, uh, is, is fighting for the heavyweight championship, his first defense. And he says he's going to go for the knockout. And he's known for that. Uh, but he's, he's our American heavyweight champion. You know, used to be a huge deal. Now it's a yawner. Yeah, it's like, really? Uh, we got an American that's a heavyweight champion? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> uh, speaking of heavyweights, Cain Velasquez, uh, uh, the the heavyweight champion of the UFC coming under some fire. Um, always been rumors about him and uh, performance enhancing drugs and, and those kind of things, Mark. And uh, the, the heat's uh, the, somebody's turning up the heat now that he's a champion, uh, much harder to fly under the radar that way. Yeah. So uh, Velasquez is not, is not having a, a good time of it as it is. Uh, lastly, but not least the, 
the NFL, Chip Kelly has this purge going on that would make Joseph Stalin proud. <laughs> it's it's going on at Philadelphia again, and he keeps cutting guys. I mean, he got rid of Macklin and LaShawn Jackson, and now he's on the offensive lineman. A guy skipped the mini camps, and he cut him. This guy was a pro guard, and offensive linemen are tough to come by. You know, Denver lost Ryan Clady, their, their uh, tackle that keeps people from hitting Peyton Manning from behind, and there's no real viable replacement. So if you can get a guy that's been a starter in the NFL, he's going to have some value. And I think he was only going to make five million or six million, which doesn't sound like. I mean, it sounds like a lot to you and I. Right. As far as the NFL uh, payroll goes, it's, it's wow. not a whole lot, Mark. And uh, you know, uh, that's where they're at in the NFL. Um, James Hinchcliffe had a had, uh, Jenna Fryer, our friend. Jennifer Fryer, uh, the tremendous uh, racing uh, writer on Yahoo Sports, um, said Hinchcliffe didn't remember the wreck. He wasn't unconscious. He just has no memory of the wreck that uh, almost cost him his life. He hit the safer barrier. And as the car bounced off, it tipped on its side. And, and some of the things that had broken, one of them came from the right side up and pierced his left thigh. And mm. Indy Racing has by far and away the best safety crews simply because they have a traveling squad. When NASCAR comes here, they use our local talent. Not that these people aren't dedicated and wonderful or whatever, but, but it's not their first job. It's not the same as somebody that, who, who's constant. Every NASCAR race, the same safety personnel are there. They know who does what and who can do what they saved James Hinchcliffe's life. They, they got him out very and stopped the bleeding as best they could. Not only, did they save his leg? They probably saved his life. He needed 18 pints of blood. That's more than you have in you to start with. So, oh. uh, but the, 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 he was not injured in the wreck where he hit the safer barrier. Uh, Jenna goes very, very much uh, bold print to say that he was not injured from the initial wreck. Car went up on its side and then as something came loose, just an odd fluke, it pierced his left thigh from the right side. It came over the top of him. I mean, my God, in the helmet, man, uh, there would have been no, you know, it went completely through his thigh. I'm pretty sure it would have done some damage to the helmet and the head. But they dodged the bullet, but the but the safety crew, and they give all credit to the traveling safety crew, which, um, you know, we saw an action at the horrific crash here uh, in October of uh, 2011 that uh, cost Dan Weldon his life. But, you know, then people were, were uh, on the ball and, and did everything they could. I don't think there was much they could have done for Dan Weldon. But they uh, they kept everybody else from dying, too, Mark. And and, and so, you know, safety, that ultimate factor. But I uh, <clears throat> want to give a little shout-out to them. Uh, right. Hinch says, uh, you know, they saved my life. And uh, he's a good guy. He would have won the Indy 500 had he not had his head up his ass on the last turn of the last lap of the Indy 500. And instead of just lagging behind and he had a big lead and 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 staying behind a guy tried to make one last pass and put it in the wall and uh that was that was all she wrote so all right, all right that's pretty much the rundown mark um that's anything it. happening on your side of the world that i haven't covered no i think i think we pretty well got it all oh all right uh the outlaws uh arena professional football league man you know <laughs> they play pretty good football and they get some good opponents in there. 4,000 people at their last game at the Thomas and Mac, 18,000 seat arena. And people looks like a gathering. It certainly doesn't look like a crowd there. So I want to go see some darn good football. Go watch the Outlaws. Uh, the Vegas Lions are having a combine 
here. I believe it's going to be next month, towards the end of the next month, Mark. If uh, people can play, want to play uh, professional football, they get paid, they get insured, and and if you can play, we'll find a place for you on the Vegas Lions. So, all right, that's it, man. Okay. All right. Let's wrap hey, it up. By the way, Adrian Adrian Peterson made it back to the, made it back with Minnesota, and they they seem to have kissed and made up. Uh, I guess he's doing he's doing pretty good. So yeah. that remains to be seen how long that lasts. You know how honeymoons go. Yeah. So, uh, yep. uh, but anyway, yes. all right. Well, uh, I guess that's about it, man. Thanks, uh, thanks to all for listening. Uh, for Mark Anthony, I'm Rick Rosen. This is Good Sports, and we'll talk to you next week right here. Bye. <laughs>